the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy and the Purge. Eastside Community School in New York uh, sent uh, this to white parents, Tool for Action, which uh, tells them they must become white traders, quote-unquote, and then advocate for full white abolition, quote-unquote. This is, as Chris Rufo, who's been on this critical race theory stuff, like a few others, maybe uh, James Lindsay along with him, this is the new language of public education, and uh, what you find in public education you quickly find in C-suites in corporate America. The uh, white identity dial, if you will, goes all the way from white supremacist on the one end to white abolitionist on the other. White traitor is uh, what you must become right before you graduate into the sanctified space of white abolitionist. The uh, white traitor actively refuses complicity, names what's going on. Intention is to subvert white authority and tell the truth at whatever the cost. Need them to dismantle institutions. And then the white abolitionist, the truly woke, Changes institutions, dismantling whiteness and not allowing whiteness to reassert itself. This is the uh, scholarship that's also in quotation marks of these race hustlers that have permeated every civic and cultural institution in America. Um, So how does that manifest itself in corporate America? Oh, um, this PowerPoint uh, from a whistleblower at Coca-Cola that... uh, compels employees to be less white. What is all this whiteness? What does it mean? What does it mean to be white? And what does it mean to be less white? Oh, they've got a slide for that. The Coca-Cola PowerPoint. To be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. That must be a comfortable place uh, to be a employee uh, who happens to be white, Coca-Cola. And that's the case everywhere. Uh, Disney made uh, headlines again uh, over the weekend because they uh, have a disclaimer connected to their offering of old episodes of The Muppet Show. Yeah, they streamed five series, and they think that Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, and Miss Piggy, they contain offensive content. The disclaimer reads, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Yes, there needs to be a future in America where puppets is uh, puppets are inclusive. Uh, it's, I mean, the warning is believed to refer to the Muppet characters that are stereotypes of Native Americans, Arabs, and East Asians. Uh-huh. What, about, what about the Swedish chef, huh? Are we offended? No. 
uh, well, well, right. But, uh, you know, this is uh, about dismantling whiteness. And, of right. course, the Swedish chef represents whiteness. He, the, so there's OK to sort of uh, parody in a hyperbolic fashion his uh, uh, Swedish representation, I suppose. He's a dumb it, Swede. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it, if you haven't experienced it yet or you're someone, you know, your child in school, uh, your husband or wife at work. You will. You will. For more on uh, this, we're pleased to be joined by uh, our next guest here. He is Stephen Sokup, the senior commentator. He's a senior commentator, vice president, and publisher of the Political Forum. He has a book out, The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business, Coca-Cola, perhaps a case study. Stephen Sokup, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. So, um, you know, per uh, what uh, you have written about, uh, the incidents regarding the Muppet Show or Coca-Cola come as no surprise to you, I'm certain. No, they don't. Um, The uh, politically correct uh, action against against American uh, consumers uh, and employees uh, has been going on for quite some time. Well, and so, but but so where does it go? I mean, you know, th- there have been some backlashes in some of these in, within some of these institutions. For example, you have uh, Title IX cases uh, at the collegiate level uh, that where now the, uh, the 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 person or the group being discriminated against are men or or, or white people, and they're using Title IX to sort of uh, give those who are. You know, race and gender obsessed, a little bit of taste of their own medicine when it comes to discrimination by category. Um, how is there, uh, is there any backlash going on in corporate America uh, or in, in, well, yeah, pretty much corporate America? And, and if there isn't, w- what form could it take? Well, um, unfortunately, uh, actually, corporate America is moving uh, the opposite direction. Um, not only is there no not any uh, significant backlash. Uh, in fact, corporate America is moving further and further into uh, a more uh, practical and effective use of you know, what we would call woke capital uh, to affect change uh, within uh, the global community. Uh, so it's actually moving in, in, in the opposite direction. And, and where does it end, do you think? Well, uh, it's hard to say at this point. Um, in in my book, The Dictatorship of Bull Capital, I, I, I identify three um, forms of pressure uh, on uh, corporate America. One is from the bottom up, uh, which is employees, woke employees who insist that their companies behave a certain way. Uh, a second is from the top down, which I think you're seeing from uh, Coca-Cola and Disney over the weekend, which is uh, that the people who occupy uh, leadership positions are pressuring the company to be more overtly politically correct. And the third, uh, which is the primary focus of the book, is from the outside in, which is all of the pressure coming from outside uh, of these corporations uh, to force them to behave in a certain way, uh, to force them to adopt certain moral principles, to force them to behave uh, so that they can uh, achieve different social ends as opposed to their uh, traditional business ends. And over the past two years, though, what politicians, if any, have come forward to, you know, sense that something's wrong with American business? Well, uh, the first 
indication that uh, politicians were on the right were grasp were beginning to grasp what is going on was, was about two years ago uh, when um, Georgia passed a, a fetal heartbeat law. You know, the, the elected representatives of a center-right state uh, passed a law, and uh, the Republican governor signed the law. So the Democratic process worked, uh, and a number of uh, large corporations, particularly within the entertainment industry and led, in fact, by Disney, uh, decided that that was uh, not something they wanted to tolerate. Um, over the past two decades, Georgia has uh, invested heavily in uh, attracting entertainment uh, companies to the state. Uh, more than 100,000 uh, normal, average, ordinary uh, Georgians work in the entertainment industry that uh, it has set up camp in Georgia. And because these uh, large corporations decided that they did not want for Georgia to pass, uh, a, you know, a democratically passed bill on abortion, they threatened all of these jobs, and they threatened uh, to pull their business uh, out of Georgia. And, and so, a number of uh, Republican legislators took notice at that point and said, "Hey, you know, wait a minute. This is corporate bullying, and it is corporate bullying that is going to impact normal, regular people." Um, the first person uh, to make uh, much, of a, uh, much of a big deal about this was Senator Cotton from Arkansas, um, who took to the floor of the Senate to rail against these companies, uh, particularly Disney, uh, who were trying to impose their political beliefs on the people of Georgia. How much of this is the, uh, the big tech tail wagging the Fortune 1000s? You know what? What bragging the, the Fortune 1000 dog? In other words, you see uh, Facebook and Twitter being more aggressive, uh, YouTube and, and Google obviously as well being more aggressive with uh, censorship. And how much of that is saying, well, you know, these are the cultural mavens, and we need access to their communication channels. We don't want to run afoul of you know, their political mores, and so we're going to essentially follow the corporate culture of those big tech companies well a, a lot of it is is in fact as you say uh, being directed by uh, big tech but a lot of it is also coming from the finance industry yeah. um, if you look at for example BlackRock which is the largest asset management firm in the world with almost nine trillion dollars in assets under management um, for the past two years uh, its CEO Larry Fink has sent a letter to uh, to clients and to CEOs telling them that their primary uh, responsibility uh, will be to um, focus on sustainability, which is code for climate change, uh, as their primary uh, investment uh, guidance. And so they in expect for all companies to disclose any and all possible information about what they're doing with respect to climate change and how they're uh, building their businesses around climate change and uh, how they're preparing for this you know, to pre to prevent this uh, catastrophe, uh, and if they do not uh, cooperate with what BlackRock demands, then BlackRock will use its leverage to uh, change boards of directors, to change management, to change uh, the bylaws of the corporations. Their uh, BlackRock has an enormous amount of influence, and uh, with together with the other two large passive investment firms, State Street and Vanguard, uh, it can essentially impose its will on corporations, and that's what they're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is just this is one big blob. And it's so one institution or institution or, or sector leader, uh, you know, uh, essentially um, serves the other. They sort of meld all together. And that uh, includes uh, we can't leave out the federal government. The um, nominee, the Biden nominee for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a gentleman named Rohit Chopra, uh, who is a Elizabeth Warren protege, has come up with a, an idea too, a, a paper he opened, uh, he uh, authored a, a couple of years ago for a think tank, for a public integrity protection agency. Uh, the director would serve uh, for 10 years, subject to removal proceedings similar to that of a federal judge, so basically like they envision for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, untouchable by the elected branches. And uh, it would regulate political activities uh, restrictions on advocacy declaring that, for example, the use of think tanks and other nonprofit organizations to further the economic interests of its benefactors through policy research should be impermissible. Um, and it would uh, look at issue-based nonprofits, progressive or conservative, to identify whether they're uh, advancing someone's interests, which, of course, they always are. And if they are, then they could be subject to federal regulation. Uh, so so you have that culture coming potentially from the federal government. I mean, that's just an idea form right now, but it gives you an insight into the perspective and the mind's eye of these regulators at the highest levels of the federal government, combined with what you're getting from some of the most powerful CEOs in finance and tech. And, you, you know, it sort of goes back to the question I asked previously. How does this all end other than badly, like in some sort of uh, Chinese communist authoritarian form of of societal organization? Well, I, I certainly think we're moving to a more authoritarian state. And, and that's that's the, the point of all of this is um, in the book, I trace the history of the uh, anti-democratic nature uh, of um, administration, both public administration and business administration, uh, over the last probably century and a half, uh, to arrive at the point today where we have not just government, but as you say, big tech and uh, big finance uh, and big entertainment, all intending to do big things, to change the way the world works, and to go around the people in order to do so. Um, that's the whole nature of this. Is it, it's anti-democratic. It is intended to usurp the power of the people and to impose these uh, political beliefs from the top down uh, against the will of the people. So it, clearly, it, it's authoritarian by nature. Um, I, I think before we end up in a totalitarian uh, type state, however, we're, we'll probably see a, a natural. Uh, backlash in the finance community um, where, uh, you know, any type of investment uh, that misallocates capital eventually uh, creates a problem. And allocating capital specifically based on social goals is clearly a misallocation of capital, and it will eventually uh, cause problems. Um, and uh, while... Yeah, will that backlash problems, be big enough and soon enough is the question. Well, I, I think the backlash will be big enough, and it will be soon enough, but unfortunately it's going to cost a lot of ordinary people uh, a lot of money. 
Um, when I say BlackRock has nine trillion dollars in assets under management they're, that they're leveraging, that that money isn't Larry Fink's. That money isn't isn't BlackRock's. That money is yours and mine and everybody who uh, who invests or has a four hundred one k or an IRA. Um, so I, I think that there there are hard times coming, um, uh, but eventually I think there will be a backlash against this. Um, and you know the, the question is just going to be how much will it cost us. He is Stephen Sokup, uh, senior commentator, vice president, and publisher of the Political Forum. Check out his new book, The Dictatorship of Woke Capital, How Political Correctness Captured Big Business. Stephen Sokup, thanks for joining us. Good luck with the book. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.